Hello, it's Becky Anderson here. I'm just popping in to tell you that I've got a new crowdfunding campaign coming on the 1st of June. This is for Wreck This Deck, my solo journaling and deck crafting game. In this game, you play a deck runner. That's a DIY demonologist trapping demons in altered playing cards and keeping meticulous notes of your work in your journal. At the end, you should have some brilliant micro fiction written in your journal and an actual artifact deck of playing cards that you have altered yourself. I'm funding for a printed zine, new art and layout, and I've revised the original version of the game with more content such as sample demon profiles and fortune telling spreads, that sort of thing. There's a link to the pre-launch sign up page in the show notes of this episode. And thank you very much for listening. Welcome to Black Armada Tales, an actual play podcast. I am your host, Josh Fox. My pronouns are he and him. And with me, I have. Hello, I'm Becky Anderson. My pronouns are she, her. I'm going to be praying Lieutenant Emily Loris, callsign Hellcat, using the Aries playbook. Her pronouns are she, her. Hi, my name's Ed Tomlinson. My pronouns are he, him. I'll be playing Dr. Tobias Roy. Toby to his friends, who is this? Herman Merman to his enemies. Herman Merman <laughs> to others. Some of his old friends know him as Herman Merman. He is the Scorpio playbook, and his pronouns are he, him. Hi, everyone. My name's Nick Bate. Tonight I'm playing the Taurus playbook. Uh, it's Commander Samuel Sam Buckley, CEO of the Hecate. Pronouns across the board, he, him. Hello, I am Sue Elliott. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing the Gemini, Sonia Vega whose pronouns are also she, her. Nailed it. And tonight we are playing Last Fleet by moi. I could have a scene with Ed where we go through my footage and he laughs at me and I get suspicious and annoyed with him. Yes, I want to go through the footage. That's the first thing I want to do. I want to go through the footage that the commander has had, which which corroborated your bullshit story and then your footage from your Sorry. ship well the footage from my ship is presumably the same footage that the commander has i guess i mean there's hurricanes as well why you give yourself nicknames such ridiculous nicknames i'll never know so when do you do this that's what i want to know well i'm back on the hecate i assume so after you've returned to the hecate yeah after i've returned to the hecate probably been chewed out by hurricane and been told how lucky i am which i will agree with yeah, as best I can, bite my tongue. I will refrain from punching him, although it costs effort because I know this is an inappropriate moment. Is Sonia on the Hecate, or are you based on the Agamem- um, Agamemnon? That's a good question. I think for the purposes of the game, I kind of need to be on the Hecate, don't I? Or... Well, now you do, yeah. But I'm just wondering whether you're arriving and also pushing somebody out of their room on the <laughs> ship. Oh, definitely. I'd definitely taken over someone's quarters. Yeah. Probably suggested you just bunk with the pilots. It'll be perfect. It'll. <laughs> it's so fun. It'll provide you with a unique insight on, on. I think you did that for like a week in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It was like an immersive documentary, and then you like went and begged the commander <laughs> to find you a new place to sleep. Yeah, that sounds about right.
I need a very particular working environment. So, yeah. Yeah, they don't have enough cork boards in the pilot's <laughs> <Yeah>. quarters. <laughs> we probably have a dartboard. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Barkman's face on it. No, not when the reporter's here. We don't. <laughs> I think maybe I want to do something before you have your scene with Roy. So I think, Dr. Roy, you are back at your, not your quarters, your office, your lab. So I, ha- a... I do have lab space as well. That's what I'm trying to work out whether I was trying to work in some tiny quarters or I actually had. No, something. I think we've I think we've established that you've got you've got lab space because you've been sneaking unsanctioned amounts of Corax matter into some off book lab space on board the ship. So there's exactly. So you've got the lab space and then the off book lab space, the secondary lab space. <laughs> And your quarters. Yeah, I mean, these might have been. There's probably cargo storage for, you know, ammunition and ship's parts and things that can be partitioned off. And yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm happy with that. It's not like if you fly around the ship, there's some sort of weird box extension on the back of the ship. It's just suddenly appeared. I definitely would have noticed that. <laughs> A conservatory just <laughs> sticking out the back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's very hot in here. <laughs> so either really hot or freezing cold in space. So I think you're in your secondary lab space, the the non-sanctioned lab space, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of pottering around in the manner that scientists presumably do with their illegal fungus entity samples. Yeah, so it's got a sort of blue glow, I think, a sort of eerie blue oh, yeah, glow yeah, to it. Yeah, describe, describe, that's good. And I think there are some... Some simple computer panels, but I th- I'm thinking like aliens, like the you know the sort of water tanks with aliens floating in them. So I think in this one I've got some. So in my lab area there are maybe some small dead specimens, but this is where I've got some actual. You've got the face huggers, some face hugger type things in a in a tank. So I've got some. I mean I don't know whether. I don't want to look like I'm gaming the system because obviously I've got a move, which means if I go and get into contact with them, then yeah, I can I th- use that. Yeah, I think that move would be broken if you had like a, a live... Uh, highly accessible, yeah. So maybe... So maybe it is a live thing, but it's it's small and insignificant, so you can't use your move with it because I think that would be... Yeah, unless it's sort of... Unless that I can sort of reach out from that into the wider thing when there's other things nearby, maybe, I guess. That's yeah, the thing that's, that's a possibility for sure. So, yeah, so I think I've probably got some specimen jars of dead things and maybe there's a small living entity sort of throbbing in a a Doctor Who-esque way in a tank somewhere. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So it's a sinister lab, that's what we're saying. It's a very sinister lab, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you're you're checking the readings on each of your samples Mm -hmm. and you realise that... One of the samples is missing. Okay, is it? It's a small sample. Sure, it's small. I mean, you can grow these things, right? But this one was small, but a live sample. Okay, have I got some sort of detective detection device that I can scan the room for the offending? I think that's what your research is aimed at, isn't it? Some creating a detection device. So probably not. I could have a like, prototype. I imagine these things. Would you? Would you have some 
some are they locked in any way? Are they secured in any way, or is the lab secured in any way? Security cameras? No, that would be that would be bad. What in my secret underground lair? Well, it could be a closed system. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, what what security systems, if any, do you have anywhere in this clandestine facility? And also, obviously, Buckley is aware of this. So, Nick, if you want to weigh in and say, I would insist on a particular protocol. Oh, do you know about my secret lab? Do you? I forgot that you knew. Yeah, we established that in backstory. Yeah, we. Yeah, and sorry, Backman I forgot. Wanted all this stuff burnt. Presumably, she doesn't know about the secret lab. And I've gone into bat for you, but but then fe- subsequently found out the that you've been stepping over the line. Oh, that's right, and you're and I've convinced you that it's like critical to the. You're on the verge of something, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for. Am I happy for a video camera? Is this a video camera that you could view? Me, Sam. Yeah. At any time. I think we're in a phase. Uh, what I got from our our setup was that. We're in the early phases of negotiating this relationship over the the dodgy lab, yeah. And I don't think my reaction on the basis of your convincing me would be immediately to jump to surveilling your secret lab. Yeah. But if something goes wrong, that'll change quickly. I think. So my feeling is at the moment, any security you've got here is your own. Okay, I'm trying to think of something that's not a camera, but would give me some <laughs> level of detection why don't you want a camera you know why he doesn't want a camera it, i, I it, know why roy doesn't want a camera but why? well i mean ca- cameras i mean it's so invasive isn't it i mean a, a man is allowed his privacy when he's working i mean you don't su- his secret lab you don't yeah. surveil well apart from all your military staff you surveil them but they're used to it would you be monitoring like the environmental controls as part of like the whole experiment so there might be like a disruption in the airflow or the temperature yeah the i think it's a very heavily controlled temperature controlled yeah. environment that's right yeah thanks yeah i think that's it it's it's very carefully controlled environment to make sure i well to also control the environment to see the reaction that they have to various changes in the environment as well so i can create a vacuum or whatever maybe in some bits of it or whatever okay so I think the the way you're talking, so it, had you said there's a camera in there, I would have given you some information from that camera straight away. No. Nah. But since you have <laughs> refused to have such straightforward security <laughs> measures, I think this might be a seek out role that's required yes. to figure out what okay, has gone on fine. here. That's fine. Except for I left my goddamn dice upstairs. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> It's going to have to be the roller, which is fatal, isn't it? Let's face it. Well, it has been known to be fatal. Uh, seek out is sharp. I think that's my second best stat. Uh, zero. Three no. out of five of your stats will you be a second best stat, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of those, yeah. Harsh. I thought they'd be a plus one, plus two, as is tradition. Uh, roll 2d6. Oh, will you look at that? Good Lord. Jesus. Well, thank goodness it's not Apocalypse Keys. <laughs> what did you get? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve. It's in the dice roller. You can see it for yourself. That is good. I went to say it because I just like seeing people rolling high. It's such a good roll. I had to take a sweet sip of my Urban Ranger by the, the Horns <laughs> Brewing Company. Okay. Where is this place in relation to your regular lab? I think it's 
immediately behind it, right? So I can just, I think it's got like, there's like a panel which I can just sort of move out of the way, come out into the lab, slide it across. Has the panel got bookshelves on it? Mm. Or maybe a fireplace? I mean, <laughs> yes, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a revolving fireplace. I, I think it has to have some sort of concealment. So I think either I have... be a revolving replicator. That's the, that's the um, equivalent of a fireplace in space, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure. We've got a replicator. Anyway, whatever, yeah, it's, it's a revolving something or other. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a secret panel in my other lab that means that like I can move between the two fairly easily. So like I'm in that do not dis- disturb space, but if I'm disturbed, like somebody knocks on the lab door, I can come out of the secret lab and into the conventional lab. So you fiddle around with your sensors and things to try and figure out what has gone on here. And what you can tell is somebody must have opened or something must have opened one of the containment columns that's what i imagine those things from alien Mm -hmm. they must have depressurized it and although there's nothing that directly shows up in the record of like something being removed that would have been the point at which the sample was removed and the temperature controls at that point cease to function properly so it's it's maintained at a certain temperature this particular sample you'd set a particular temperature to see how it would grow or not and the temperature uh, is no longer maintained after the point that that was done you are then able to track back through the laboratory entrance the door basically and again there are sensors for the whole room monitoring pressure temperature etc and so you're able to detect when the when the fluctuation would have happened that indicated someone or something coming or going so you detect that fluctuation it happened a short while before you headed over to Agamemnon for that briefing with all of the people around the big table and indeed you can check the records and see that the the secret door the revolving door was activated at around about that time so you're starting to think to yourself, oh, this is interesting. But my main lab actually is monitored by camera because it's it's yeah it, it is. I think I think the, the, the door is like in a black spot of the on, on the camera though, right? You like I'll look like I'm working in the lab and then I'll disappear into my lab and then reappear into the lab as if I've been there the whole time. Exactly. So you can you you think to yourself, Well, I'll go and have a look at yeah. that camera and see. I won't be able to see the door, but I'll be able to see something happening at around about that time someone someone or something must have come in through the main door yeah the non-covert door yeah so you go over to your computer spool it up and you've got the the footage from around about that time and you're just watching yourself go into the lab disappear into the blind spot and then come out furtively placing something into a bag when a lieutenant loris comes strolling into the laboratory in the current timeline loris what do you say hi doc i've got that footage you wanted to look at <sighs> kindly refer to me as doctor i'd switch the thing off quickly as i turn around sure thing doc you know we're in a very small space in space it would be good to um understand courtesy and etiquette and such otherwise it becomes an uncomfortable situation for everyone don't you think 
do you want to take a look at this footage? Because I've got about an hour before I'm back on shift. Yes, sure. <laughs> How do we... I assume you can just transfer it to... It's not like a DAT type or anything. I don't even know how this all works. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll, I, I bring a, a, one of those massive film reels with me. Which I say, got... um, uplink it to Terminal 5. <laughs> I'll have a look over there, which is far away from where I was looking at the video footage. Yes, yes, I see. <laughs> terminal 5 is four terminals away from... <laughs> I go four terminals down. Right on the other side of the room, on the other side of the spaceship. My plan is to stay here and explain some of what's going on, because I think that some of it only makes sense if you know what's going on when you're sitting in a cockpit and what you're looking at. It's going to be my assumption. My assumption is that the Doctor isn't going to understand that, so I'm going to, I'm going to narrate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should it be narrate or commentate? Irritate is the uh, term I would use. What does, the, what does it look like, like without the commentary initially, oh. um, what does it look like? to the naked eye because like as the audience we're seeing this this footage right what do we see yeah so i think that on the ship's hull there are going to be power lines or power conduits which are not necessarily visible because what you see is the hull but like if you understand how ships are built you will know that there'll be a line going down there which will be carrying x fuel or coolant or whatever what i think is noticeable about this ship is that all of those lines are visible they shouldn't be visible but they are and that maybe what in my mind is a bit like has anybody read war of the worlds Mm mm-hmm Yes. Best bit of the War of the Worlds by a long shot is the red weed, mm-hmm. as everybody knows, right? <laughs> if you mean red, listen to the musical ball by Jeff Jeff Wine, then yes. I mean that that that's also absolutely legitimate. It is a completely definitive edition. <laughs> but the the description of the red weed in War of the Worlds, that's what it's like to me. So the places on the ship where there would be power conduits just underneath the skin of the hull, there are like lines of like red weed, effectively thick, ropey red weed following those lines. Um, There are clusters of them around the landing ports because there's there's an awful lot of stuff coming into the landing ports in order to have those doors that retract and come back in. There's a lot of power and conduits and hydraulics and all sorts of stuff going on there. So they're kind of almost like some quite concentrated nexus points. So it's not that that this stuff is clustered around the doors necessarily because there are doors there. It's because there's lots of conduits entering and leaving that area. Yes. And when you say, so you're saying red weed, I can't tell whether you're just drawing an analogy or whether you're saying it looks, because I'm just, I'm trying to work out how visible this would be. I'm saying it looks red with tendrils and thick ropey tendrils. In red. So that's quite, that sounds like it would be fairly visible. Yeah. Like this isn't something where you're having to point out, oh, look here, can you see? No, I think it is quite visible. And the reason is, firstly, it was. No, Uh, the reason is, is that, Actually, sealing a load of pilots into this thing, into this dead ship or whatever it is. I don't think that my character would have just been like, oh, that looks a bit dodgy to me. You know, she's A, she cares about other people, but B, she's, I don't think she's that timid. So I think it would have to be pretty bad for her to have thought, 
I need to not even wait to ask Hurricane or Buckley, but I'm just going to seal these doors off. I think it would have to be pretty bad looking. Right. Is there a possibility of a benign version of these fungals things? Are you saying that out loud? Because if you do, I will say, well, you're a scientist, Doc. You tell me. No, I'm saying it OOC, as they say. That's what kids say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Like, as a question, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, the idea of uh, just, oh, this thing's completely covered in fucking alien fungus, but it's benign. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) There's, There's the space weed that it's really easy to confuse it for. It's just shiitake weed. Yeah, it's different. Tastes good. Wow, that's a kelp monster. I mean, to the uneducated, it might be might look like a dangerous. I mean, I think it would be strange if we introduced a nice version of uh, of Corax fungus in this. In this Maybe there's a, yeah, the benevolent Corax. Maybe they're just misunderstood. It'd be like when you're going mushroom hunting and you're like, oh, is this is this the tasty edible fungus or is it the angel of death? That's what I was kind of thinking, roughly. Yeah, is is like only to an expert eye would could you tell the difference? But if that's not on the cards, then then you know what do you want me to say? Yeah, there's loads of corax over the ship. Case closed. <laughs> it's an extreme infestation of bracket fungus. No, I think I think this is probably quite bad. Yeah, isn't isn't the specific question you've been asked? Is this salvageable? Gee. Like, is there any point in us going back to the ship and? cleaning it out or extracting the fuel or whatever. Well, I'm going to ask the GM that. Is it salvageable? So I think that's a project. I don't think, like, you can't just look at this footage and immediately know the answer to that, though you might have a gut reaction. And you've got the engineer-scientist move, right? So I think that's something we can look at. What's it take to do that project? Yeah. Do you want me to fly you back out there, dog? Get a closer look. I'm trying to establish from the footage, which is grainy, your head seems to be moving around a lot, whether it was just an external infection or whether it actually had taken over the ship internally. Perhaps we need a probe into the ship to establish the state of play. And indeed, to find out whether these pilots are alive. It may be too late. We should find out, don't you think? For your own peace of mind, if nothing else. I sleep just fine, Doc. I'm sure you do. I'm sure we can get permission to go out and do another flyby. Put a probe in. I'm assuming we can send some sort of remote thing into a... What they? Can we not fly over and shoot some small object into an exhaust port? Oh, I can easily do that. And then that will detect whether there's... And if not, it will just blow it up. Let me think about that because that sounds too easy and, and slightly boring. Although making you fly there in order to do it. Um, sounds quite good. Making me fly there with a the doctor in the back seat talking the whole time feels like quite a project. It's like you've got to fly into a deep canyon and get it just into yeah. this little exhaust port yeah. while while millions of Corax guns fire at you. Yeah. It's just the same size as a womp rat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Lots of boffins died while we were... They're not much bigger than two <laughs> metres. While we get that information. For, for my understanding of the whole situation in terms of jump fuel... This is can can our fighters jump on their own? So in uh, in Galactica, they need a raptor, don't they? Raptors can jump. Raptors can jump. Vipers can't. Yeah. So I'm I'm just so to explain that it isn't that simple. Really, we're going to expend some jump fuel to jump back 
on the hunch that it's only externally infected, try and send something in there which may or may not work. Then if we it doesn't work, then we're kind of committed to solving the problem, right? Getting getting some sort of result. That's that's my sales pitch. And I'm gonna leave it at that. This is what we're asking you, Doctor. Is it worth expending jump fuel to I think it's quite simple, Ed, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it simple? It's like go back and do the dangerous but kind of cool thing or not. Come on. Stake your reputation on going back do and doing it. Do it. Is there any other I mean I feel like I need more than just some grainy footage of You got the eyewitness account. She's sitting right here. Yes. Yes. Well, I tell you what. This is a this is an engineering job according to the rules. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna like the, the 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 project in effect is work out what was wrong with that ship and whether there is anything you can do to detect slash reverse it. Right, that was the that was the the brief. Yeah, and failing that, I suppose is is it infected so badly that we couldn't send somebody in to to at least jettison the the fuel and scoop it up. In some right, way. could you could you salvage something from the ship even if you can't salvage the ship itself? Long enough to get in and just shoot out the cargo so we can pick it up. So I think part one of this job is figure out what the fuck the status yeah. of this ship is and the thing that has infested it. It's benign. And then part two might be figure out how to detect it, remove it, etc., etc. Yeah, based on the on the level of infection what were our options i guess in terms of getting on board or leaving it shooting it out of space so i think you could roll this with like you would look at this footage and any other footage that you've got and any i don't know whether there's any samples or something are there any samples presumably not since it was immediately sensor logs and, 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 yeah there'll yeah. be sensor logs so there won't be like biological samples data not least because you think I'm out of control because prior to this, there was an ex- a situation where I jettisoned and potentially blew up a biological sample. I assumed that, that was why Ed was role-playing his character scoffing at you rather than just because that's how he likes role-playing. <laughs> I thought it was because I was a lonely pilot. Sometimes I'm happy-go-lucky. I'm just being scoffy this time. I, I become more scoffy in tense situations. Understood. However, I was, what I was going to say was flying over there and doing that thing that you suggested with the probe might improve your chances at the research role. It might count as a Plus support five. move. Uh, Loris could make a support move to help you with your research role, but only if you go and do that mission. Okay, well, I'm going to put it to the commander. All right. I think maybe we close the scene out there with you having... Had a look at the footage. Did you want? Is there anything you wanted to say in character, Becky? Because you, you did want to do a sarcastic voiceover. I know. Then I made you describe the footage instead. Well, it's all a little bit late now. Well, I stole your thunder. I'd now. like, yeah, you stole my thunder. But I would like you, Doc, to imagine that as she is narrating, Doctor! as she is narrating the like the the grainy footage and or helping to orient you about what bit of the hull you're looking at and that sort of thing. She'll also be narrating about the cool flying that she's doing. Yes. 
in a really dickish way. In a really dickish way. Like, they'll almost certainly a bit where she'll do, like, a roll so that she can get a good view of the underside of something, where you're basically kind of looking at something upside down. And, and she'll be sort of saying, oh, well, the reason that the, the, the angle seems off here is because I had to fly upside down to get a good look at that. That's quite a sophisticated manoeuvre, actually. Not many people could pull that <laughs> off. She'll be doing that the whole time. And then mm-hmm. it'll be really annoying. And the more she sees that you don't like it, the more of it that she'll do. No, I'm just trying to block it out. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's really hard. It is hard, yes. I say, would you say that you have a hard time focusing on one thing for a long period of time? So, well, things move quite quickly out there. I guess so. Well, you're about to find out, Doc. Come on, let's get you measured up for a flight suit. <laughs> you look quite tall. Hurricane might have a spare that'll fit you. I sort of nod nervously. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to um, juicing the Doc up with whatever cocktail of crap we have to take so the G-Force doesn't knock us out. Is there not like a sort of passenger sort of thing that you could... I don't want to go in a fighter thing. Like a sidecar. Yeah, a sidecar, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just like, remem- I'm just like remembering one of my favourite bits of The Expanse, and there are many, is in the first or maybe the second season where they're having to like... I don't know what manoeuvre Alex is doing in the Rossinanti, but everybody else is like knocked out and he's strapped in his chair and he's pumped full of God knows what to keep him conscious while he's pulling off some sort of manoeuvre. But this is like a Mars Navy ship. So clearly this, this is a deliberate thing. And he's a Mars Navy trained pilot, isn't he, as well? So this is like a thing that he knows that he's got to do. This is the thing they do on the regular, is that they're pulling off some sort of manoeuvre, which is so horrific. Everybody else gets knocked out except for the pilot who is juiced up to the max so they don't pass out. It's brilliant. I love that bit. It's just like cool little bits of world building in the expanse I really enjoyed. Thanks for listening. We've been playing Last Fleet by me, Josh Fox. You can find links to information about Last Fleet in the show notes. And don't forget also that Becky's new crowdfunding campaign for Reckless Deck is coming on the 1st of June. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes too. See you next time. What you do, isn't it? Should we do some clapping and things? Oh yeah, clap. oh, no. so as to you know get this show on the road. Testing, testing, testing. I still don't like how little of a blip ah, we make. Yeah, little do you guys know. Well, one of you knows that Sue always starts her recording with some finger clicking, and I know this because <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of every cool. recording, there's some random finger clicking. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> it's just a little test. I like it. Yeah, I yeah. just go test, 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 testing, testing like that. Just me too. Well, I don't always, okay. but I'm testing I it before. My fingers now. I foolishly trust my audio equipment and never test it. Yeah, that's foolish. Mm. I mean, just I, like midway through, I will look at my recording and I think, oh dear, I've lost half the podcast. <laughs> two, two screens. Oh, two screens. Monitor it the whole time. Yeah. Come to think of it, yeah. I should probably go back to doing a backup recording. If I can remember yeah, I was going to ask it. you about that. I mean, what happens in the event of a disaster? I can tell you because it happened to me once. It happened to me when I was GMing Last Fleet for um, the Indie League Presents. Uh-oh. GMing Last that. Fleet. High pressure. Yeah, will do. It was fucking awful. Don't even bleep that out because people need to understand quite how fucking awful this was. And it was 
it was the last episode we ever recorded before COVID smashed in. And there was some lots of plot threads were kind of collapsing and some really cool stuff was going on. And we didn't do a backup recording and my audacity fritzed out and we lost almost all of mine. And I'll tell you what we did, Ed. I'll tell you I'll tell you what we did and how it happened and what went on was that I had to listen to everybody else responding to what I was saying as a GM. No way. To try and work out what it was that I had said to them and record it. And it was spliced in and it oh was fucking awful. Yeah, don't, let's I not do that. I never want to go through that again. I feel sick now. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I wasn't even the person doing the editing. That was Mina. That that bit of heroism fell to Mina. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad enough trying to retrofit my GMing to the things that people had responded to. Should we? Is there a way of recording the video session so you've got the audio of the meet? Well, so no <laughs> is the short answer to that. Um, I'm just trying to open Xbox Game Bar, which is how you record shit on. Oh, here we are on Windows, and and what I'll basically do is create a video of my screen. Now, the only problem with this is it has been itself a bit temperamental in the past. Mm -hmm. I remember listening to a recording, and some of the audio just came out like total dog shit. Basically, I'm wondering whether I um should record audio on my phone so that the audio would be a bit pants, but then you'd have a backup copy. I mean, it's going to be very hard for me to re-record all of my spontaneous and hilarious facts for you guys. So mm. I might just put, I'll just be like, yeah. And then you'd be like, ha, 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 ha. I know I'm just naturally funny. Can't help it. I am still scarred by the experience of having to um, reconstruct what I said in a role-playing session. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. No. I don't, just, I don't even think the... Just the thought the, of it. Like Sue said, it made me feel sick. The thought of it was like, oh. Yeah. That's awful. It was awful, but I guess in many ways I feel like I had the easy job and Mina had the mm. the hard job. I just feel like I can't remember what I said 10 minutes ago. And, yeah. It yeah. wasn't a lot of fun. <laughs> what Nick said 10 minutes ago or the re-recording bit? <laughs> You wouldn't have to remember exactly what you said, only what would sound good in response to the things that other people were saying. Yeah, but I would want that to bear some relation to what actually happened as far as those other people were concerned and not just be me, me making up a completely... Oh, my, it was worse than that. I had this kind of lingering doubt that everything I'd said the first time around was just so mm. chef's kiss, brilliant, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> clever, witty creative and then the second time around i was just like dialing it in you know i was just was, like convinced that i i had like just painted over the mona lisa or something because that's how i feel about my gming obviously <laughs> i i would my i would assume that everything i had said was dog shit and then i would spend a year writing perfect yeah they'd never they'd never get that recording back it would just never be good enough. I mean, it would be fun for like 15 minutes, but like two a two-hour game session, it'd be like... I don't think it was the whole two-hour session, was it? Because that would have been irretrievable. I, what I remember about it is that several sessions previously, um, one character had had this kind of weird prophecy about them, and things had stacked up in this final session, such that there was a way for me to engineer that prophecy coming true. 
And I remember doing it and feeling so <laughs> flipping smug about how I'd done it as the GM, like weaving in this thing that had happened so long ago and making And that, that was the thing that I was worried I wasn't going to be able to replicate it as well as I had done it. You weren't the GM in that game. Yes, I was. It was the Bite Marks game that we did for... It wasn't the Bite Marks game. It was the last Fleet game oh, we played. Oh, the last Chris Fleet game. Chris Longhurst's character, who was like he was playing a journalist or something, had some sort of prophecy that he was going to end up in the cockpit of a fighter plane. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And in that oh episode, it all stacked up to make it just make it happen. And it was just so beautiful. And that was, yeah, that was really annoying. I've told the story about, about P.G. Woodhouse and, the, and, and sentences. No. So I, yeah. I read somewhere that what he would do is he would he would write out a sentence on a card and put it and and stick it to the wall at the f- level of the floor, and then every time he improved the sentence, he would move the card up the wall oh, until he God. felt the sentence was sufficiently good to be called done. Sentence Did by he sentence, have a mark the wall. on his wall <laughs> when, uh, that he aims to get them over. Maybe it was just when he couldn't reach any higher without assistance oh. or something. <laughs> What if the sentence still wasn't good enough at that point? Maybe I'm just making that up. I'm I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere though. That sounds mad. It sounds brilliant. Like what if you <laughs> what if you wrote a really good sentence straight away? You'd have to just leave it on the floor. It could always be better. It could always be better. Can it? I mean, there's a limit to how many ways you can change a sentence. One sentence. Paragraph, maybe. How long has it been since you've read Woodhouse? Like, I mean, he is amazing. Sentence by sentence. He's just <laughs> lyrical. Oh. I remember some a, an old friend of mine many, many years ago telling me about his first experience reading P.G. Woodhouse and how much he enjoyed the phrase, I ankled along the road or I ankled along the strand or something like that. And how the phrase, I, uh, I ankled, was just so clever and redolent of you know you just immediately knew how this put how how Bertie Wooster was walking down the street because yeah. of this phrase it was so clever and I was like yeah P.G. Wooster knew what he was doing yeah but like how many improvements did he have to make to get to that what was it is originally just like a walk I down walked, the road <laughs> it was probably four times as long as that yeah I walked down the road with an air of my ankles, yeah. a yeah. twitch. I just want to just read a load of Jeeves and Wooster <laughs> now. Damn it! 